Hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the Finish Line Podcast. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. Today, we have a very special guest swinging on by. Her name is Laura Speckman. She completed the Nicolay Bible Institute program this year, and here she is. Laura, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, actually. All right. So... What was the program like? For let's start off there. What's the program like? What like what made you come? Let's start off. Uh, what made you come to Nicolay Bible Institute? Um, just kind of felt it strongly, like God laid it on my heart to come to NBI. I wasn't really sure why. Um, I I don't like horses. I don't like snow. I don't really like cold. But yet, um, I firmly believe that God wanted me here, and it's a decision I don't regret. And it's been a hard year. Um, definitely a rigorous course and just a lot of um, social difficulties as well. I mean, we, we really get to know people here and the good and bad parts about people. Um, but I, I don't regret any of it, and I wouldn't trade any of it for the world, even though it was hard. Um, yeah. I mean, I can relate to the, you know, I can relate with when you have smaller class sizes some like people know you too well and you're like oh my goodness thank goodness i'm i'm doing the course because now it seems like everybody knows everything like with their favorite color their pattern their morning rituals and stuff because i used to call you rhode island didn't i where how did that name come about uh i had a small coffee mug and you had a big one and you said yours was texas size and mine was rhode island size and that's how the nickname was rhode island i so i did have a big cup uh it was from actually texas roadhouse (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's important for the viewers because this is a Christian podcast. Uh, what is your testimony like? In two minutes, just give your like testimony, like oh. watered down. Um, well, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I have five older siblings, uh, four brothers, one sister. They impacted me a lot in a lot of different ways growing up. Um, I remember always just kind of growing up believing that. Jesus loves me and died on the cross for my sins and saved me from that life. Um, I actually <laughs> prayed the prayer, as some would say, and didn't really understand what that meant, but that's just kind of what I grew up hearing. So I prayed that and then felt like nothing really changed and like, oh, I'm going to do it again just to like make sure that like I'm, I'm saved because like I don't want to go to hell uh, and I definitely want to go to heaven. Um, so I prayed the prayer again, actually, and took me a while later, I was talking to my brother about it, and he kind of explained that it's not so much about what you say, but what you believe in your heart, um, which really stuck with me, and that's kind of where I think I actually understood what salvation was. Um, it's not just about saying a few words to God with your eyes closed and your hands um, together. It's just more of a, a decision you make inside that you choose to follow and trust him. Um, so growing up, I was always saved. I don't really remember. That was a young age that I did that. I made that choice and grew up just kind of struggling with, um, I don't know, just, I, I, I always loved Jesus. And I just remember like just being in love with him a lot. I went through lots of like family difficulties and, and drama and stuff here and there. I don't want to get into a lot of detail, but um, through it all, just like continuing to trust God. And he's just looking back on it, like how faithful he's been has been really, really cool, and yeah, I'm really grateful for that, and just the way he's shown me um, how he works in people's lives, and that's really cool. 
And then my junior year of high school, I was really stressed in every area of my life and decided to come to NBI. And that's my vote card calling me here. And now here I am. And leaving in two days, actually, which is weird. But I know. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I'm actually sad that, you know, it's like that surreal feeling. I, I think I told Leslie where on Sunday, no, on Saturday, I'm like, I can't believe this is my last kitchen uh, shift. And it's my last kitchen shift. And it's like, it's a surreal feeling. Like, I can't believe this is the next step in life. Um, the other question, so a lot of most believers, what I find it to be interesting is I've interviewed a bunch of other people. They stated that the first two months of God is like having a relationship with them is awesome. You know, and they expect like their faith is growing and stuff. And I did a podcast uh, yesterday talking about faith and patience, you know, having faith and being on fire for Jesus. So we all have also different techniques of keeping our faith stagnant because I don't know if I told you this, but last time I got complacent in my faith, I, I got really sick. And then it brought me back to Christ. Now, is there like a way or technique, for instance, if there's like anybody that's listening that wants to hear your tips of tricks of how you keep your faith going instead of getting stagnant and then not walking away, but you know, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. I think ultimately it's just it's a daily choice you have to make. Um you can't you cannot you, you know, like have your faith be based off of your feelings because if it is then like it it's never going to be consistent and to say like oh i i just not i'm not feeling like the spiritual high right now like that doesn't mean that you're quote unquote further from god it just means that not every day of your life is going to be the spiritual high like you might get at camp or something or during a worship time um but you just have to practice seeing God in like the little moments in life and the little details in the way that the birds sing and the way that the sun shines through the trees, um, the leaves on the trees and the beauty of the different seasons and just little tiny things that you see here and there. of Like God is working and he holds it all together. Um, ultimately, uh, as for like stagnant, I mean, Faith goes up and down. Ultimately, it's 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 an uphill battle. Um, but although it might you know take dives and and crash and go up a lot of times, it keeps changing. But ultimately, it keeps going up. Like I kind of think of it like the stock market, like it keeps going up and down. And then, but slowly over time, it is going up. And if you choose to make it that, it is it is what you choose. Right. It's not easy. And if you're gonna choose to love God, you need to commit to that and continue to love him yeah. because that's what he calls us to do and that's love so in the circumstance you know <clears throat> for most people that like are listening and stuff i put i push and i go push and encourage accountability mm -hmm. um because would you agree that accountability is so important and can you and can you explain to like the women's uh listener or any women that are listening can you explain the importance of a women's accountability partner because i explain like from a man's standpoint but like i'm like hey you guys can go hunting and you guys can do anything but like what's important of a woman's accountability partner like girl on girl um i mean accountability in general is really good because god puts people in our lives for a reason um, that's, I think, a big portion, a big reason why church is so important is finding fellowship with other believers and then keeping you accountable. Um, as for women, I, 
I mean, it's, it's important in general, but to encourage each other in becoming godly women. Um, for me, I definitely was raised in more of a conservative household in just a general sense. And, but still, like, I, I, I hold to tra- traditional values um, of more um, complementarian, I guess you would call it. Um, but women, I think, a really important role for them is to encourage and build up and lift up the men around them and follow them as long as they're not leading them astray and giving them like evil advice or whatever or hurting them mm-hmm. um, in like an abusive way. Um, so I think that's really important for girls to consider. I know it's hard in our society because it's very can be very feminine, feministic sometimes in just a, a bad way. But um, and do you see that as a problem? You mentioned feminism, like where it's now the tides have turned. Do you see that as a problem in the Christian faith? I think it's definitely been creeping into the church. And how do you see it? How do you see it like creeping into the church? Because you, we both, ex- we both went through the program. Yeah. And how do you see it? Like when, when I think one of our professors talked about it. What was one of the key points that they brought it up, and how, like how they crept it through the church? Well, I can't remember exactly, but I think something might be a good example of just like a lot of women thinking that they can do anything that a man can do, if not better, um, maybe like being pastors or just being in high positions of leadership within the church we're speaking of. Um, and it's not wrong for women to be leaders. I definitely think they have a place in that, but there are certain things where God has given men different talents and abilities um, to lead, and he he put that on their shoulders, and that that's that's their burden to carry. And our our burden is to encourage them, and you know, make sure that they are being the godly man that God made them to be. Yep. Because I know I came up with some, goofy, I came up with goofy answers of what women <laughs> should do and stuff, but looking back on it. I can see your point because when you have more women becoming pastors and being the head of the church, I think that that treads the water, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where we get that push in our church and the society of saying, hey, you know, we have to kind of force this acceptance of like feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I went, and now as I think about it, I think that women, like, they'd be fantastic Sunday school teachers and associate pastors. Would that be a justified? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely places where they are good, and children is definitely one of them. Other women, I mean, the Bible is very clear about them, like, that specifically. Um, and even, like, moments of teaching, I, I think it's okay, mm-hmm. but to have that official, like, pastoral role is kind of the biggest one. Um teaching other adults and, and other men and stuff it, consistently. I mean, sharing, like, a testimony in church or just giving, like, maybe one, like, you know, so-and-so speaking to us today, and, like, maybe they're a missionary and they're just sharing about their mission on the field and how God's been working. Like, that's very different as opposed to preaching every Sunday consistently. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so the other question that I have for you <clears throat> in continuation of uh, the professors, uh, what would you say your favorite class was uh, in MBI? Oh, very different topic. Um, yeah, sorry, switching uh, topics. I'm sorry about that. I really. And why was it? I your really favorite? enjoyed like Steve's teaching and style teaching. Uh, 
Probably Old Testament survey, honestly. Why is that? Um, is it because you can correlate it with your life so much? Like I like history, okay. for one, so that was interesting. And also just the way that the Old Testament connects to the New Testament is really cool. And there's a lot of things I learned that I didn't know before, um, never really saw. Um, for example, I never really knew or understood that when the Jews were, like, putting, like, doing all these sacrifices, following the law and stuff, what they were actually putting their faith in was the coming Messiah and not, like, those animals. Um, it wasn't just a legalistic thing, but they were still putting the same faith in Jesus that we put our faith in now. It's just that they were waiting for the future Messiah to come, and we are looking back at the past, um, just different perspectives. But I thought that was really cool. Um, I like that class a lot. And I loved it, too, because I find it interesting how when Jesus actually was on earth, they didn't believe it was him. Mm -hmm. And that they were so entrapped by, like what you said, legalism. Um, what would you say, what would you say, like, um, uh, Christian ethics or, like, uh, in Dave Wager's class? What would you say his, or Dave's uh, um, class on that? Those classes were really good. I mean, I liked all of the classes, I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely, like, a lot of points. And honestly, I can't wait to go home and, like, look at my notes again and just kind of, like, go over them a little bit and just reread them and kind of relearn them because it's been a while and, like, it was a lot going in, so I don't remember everything. But um, there were, that was a very good class as well. Awesome. A lot of good points and stuff. I loved his class. Yeah, um, it was great. Especially Dave Ramsey's class. <laughs> especially when you took it again, you're like, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the other question, so along with the MBI program, what what entails in the summer, during the summer? What do you have to do during the summer? Like, I know there's you intern, or like, what do you do? Like, what does a like, student do? For our student, um, well, we kind of just serve. Um, that's the main portion of our summer internship program is a part of our class and graduating. And what did you serve? Um, I served as staff director, uh, which is in charge of the volunteers. It's kind of the bridge between the volunteers and staff. Um, but also, like with their homework, like we have a paper due at the end of summer, and we're supposed to keep like journaling throughout the summer, like twice a week. And then there was also a book that we were supposed to read at the beginning of summer and write a paper on that, a little one on that. So as far as homework goes, it wasn't much fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all righty. Um, sorry about that, guys. Um, what is your – so with summer staffing, as being a summer staff director, what are the challenges of it? Like what are the oh. challenges? Like top three challenges and top three like uh -huh. um, pluses and minuses. There's a lot. That top three, that. Top, three. top three pluses and minuses. Yes. Oh gosh. Um, I don't know if I can come up with that specifically, but it was definitely hard working um, with Ryan. That was a struggle. Um, and there's just like a lot of stress um, in that. But I don't know. Just I kind of have this pressure to live up to the certain standard, and when the volunteers weren't living up to that standard. I felt really stressed because it was like, oh my gosh, like I'm in charge of them. They're supposed to be keeping in line, but also they're high schoolers and they have a brain and can make their own decisions. Um, and so just learning that, learning how to do it was difficult. It took me like a month to like kind of figure out how I can do it and be good at it. I mean, I'm very introverted as well, so that was stressful because like I was always very drained from people, and that's a very big people job. Um, 
a lot of pouring out and not a lot of people pouring into me mm-hmm. was definitely a challenge and struggle yeah and it's definitely and to me it's as being dish crew and in the kitchen and stuff uh, i definitely fed off of the people's energy yeah uh and <clears throat> you know there's nothing wrong with being a staff director but what is so what did a typical day look like for instance like you got up and you got up of course you went to breakfast and stuff but what did a typical day look besides the events at a, the a good day a good day <laughs> on a good day uh, we had breakfast and then met with rich and dave and then we had staff chapel and did announcements at staff chapel um usually we would go and plan after or before chapel depending upon when it was like our evening activity um that would kind of take us mostly up till lunch um and then filled that with random time. Sometimes I would be, we had to go talk to somebody about something or figure out plans for like a turnover day when we would be planning an activity and like stuff like that. Um, Then we had lunch. We, at some point, one of us would remind the person who was on call for that night, little random tasks is what we had a lot. Um, The afternoons we were free to go help. Um, Sometimes it would be like, oh, dish crew is off later in the afternoon, let's go hang out with some of the volunteers. Sometimes it would be like, I'm exhausted and I need a nap and I need to read my Bible and I need a shower. And we just kind of take some personal time because um, pouring into volunteers does take a lot of energy. Um, sometimes it was like, oh, like dish crew's a little low, let's go help dish crew. Um, I would do that a lot for dinner or lunch sometimes, just kind of encourage them, whatever. and. And just show them like servant leadership um, was kind of the bigger part for me, just showing them that I'm not above them and that I can serve just as well as I'm alongside with them. Um, so it wasn't just this like authoritative figure. Um, so that was kind of it. And then we'd have like dinner, we'd bring mail to dinner, and then we have like our evening activity and kind of try to dedicate some of our time in the evenings to hang out with the volunteers or just whatever, talking with people and, and that was kind of also part of our day randomly we would hang out with them and help them yeah i think to me and stuff or not to well i think as a as a staff director if i were a staff director i could see why we need to like you guys like put your time and energy into the volunteers because you know you have the authoritative mm-hmm. um you don't want to be pushing that like hey i'm like better than you are and stuff can you explain to me in your sense from a per se a volunteer standpoint what does it show to a volunteer when you pour energy into them, when you like take them one-on-one and you like take them for ice cream at the dining hall, just you and them? What's, what gives them the output? Like, does that give them like, hey, I can talk to this person or I can like trust this person? What do you think? I think those are true. Um, I don't fully know, honestly. I, I haven't been able to see a lot of the results and I may never see them. Um, it may just be little things that are planted in their head of like, oh, I remember my staff director that one summer I volunteered and her doing this little thing or him doing that, like just random stuff like that, that is probably going to stick out to them mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. And I don't know what that is exactly or what that entails, but. No. Um, so then as we, well, as we got until 25, so we got a little bit more time. Uh, because I want to kind of dive in. So what are your plans after this? After like, camp? After camp. Like what is I am going leave? home and going to a tech college for criminal justice. Uh, what technical college? Uh, MATC? No. Gateway. Gateway Technical in Shadow? Uh, no. It's 
Southern Wisconsin. Southern Wisconsin. And what are you going to do in criminal justice? Um, I don't entirely have like an exact plan. Um, my hope is to at some point kind of help with like anti-human trafficking stuff. Um, and that just seemed like a good degree for that. But also I just want a degree so that I have something. Um, just I think it's good to have that as have a little bit of it. It's not necessary, but ability of a resume and more of a yeah, credibility. And, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of, uh, we're going to kind of brush over the topic a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> you know, there's just been there's this huge thing that's uh, been been pushing, and I've officially jumped on board uh, with Tim Tebow, where he, where if you, for example, donate to my podcast, all the proceeds go to. Uh, go to him where he can fight human trafficking. What do you think of, what is your thoughts on human trafficking? Well, well, it's bad, but what do you, what are your thoughts on it? Um, is there anything specific with that or just in general? It's a broad question. Okay. You can bring it anywhere um, you want to. I mean, it's kind of been on my heart for a number of years, something that has randomly come back to my mind, kind of like God laid it on my heart don't know exactly how he wants me to help with that, but um, I don't know. It's definitely just an evil and a, just a modern form of slavery, and I, I, it's just not right. People are not meant to be used. They're meant to be loved, mm -hmm. and if I can help in any way people who have been through that to help them out of that or counsel them through that or whatever that means, um, that would just be really, really cool. Yeah. So as we can, as we're gonna come to an end, what is your favorite Bible verse? My favorite Bible verse is Proverbs four eighteen, um, which says the path of the just is like the shining sun, which shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Um, kind of a different verse, but it's it's just something that's stuck with me for a long time, and just this idea of living a holy and righteous life, and you know the sun comes up. And it might be a little dim in the morning, but like every hour, every minute, it keeps getting brighter and brighter until it's like perfectly in the sky and very bright. Um, and that's just like just this process of sanctification and just this God working in you um, to just continue living a righteous life and him doing that in you. All righty. Would you want to close us in prayer? Uh, sure. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day you've given us and for the opportunity to just talk about faith a little bit and just things in the church, um, things that are important to me and that Dawson's interested in. And I thank you that you can just work in us to do whatever you need us to do and, and work in our hearts in a way that you do, in a way that no one else can. And so I just pray that um, you'd be with the listeners, that they would be able to understand something and maybe take something out of this um, podcast and just pray to go before the rest of this day and thank you for just your glory and your goodness and faithfulness to us in your name i pray amen 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 so i want to say thank you so much uh laura uh for joining this uh, special episode of remember god loves you and i'm yet to finish and remember guys at the bottom of your link you're going to see support this podcast so if you're welcome to contribute to this podcast as it goes to fight against human trafficking hopefully you guys have a fantastic day and remember god loves you and i'll meet you at the finish line have a blessed day